I think all we need is to get him a horse. And uh, that would be kind of fun to see him try to do that. But uh, we're going to have a great VBS. I cannot wait. How many of you went to Vacation Bible School as a kid? Yeah, so did I. And uh, I just really did enjoy it. And so uh, it's our first one. I don't know that we, we used, we've done stuff like it, but uh, we're really excited to launch it and have, have a good time doing that. Well, uh, let's dive in and uh, see what the Word has for us. Just want to say welcome to Windsor. I hope you guys are doing great. And uh, we're continuing our series on Abraham, uh, still Abram. And so we got to get that right, Abram. I've called this message, um, Opportunity Knocks. When I say that, what do you think of? It's kind of a phrase that we use, Opportunity Knocks. What does it mean? It just means there's something that you might have the opportunity to do, a decision to make. Abram has lots of opportunity. He's made some terrible mistakes. We've looked at it. The Bible doesn't hide anything, which is very refreshing, but also very challenging. But he's about to do something really, really, really great. Now, a couple weeks ago, Dr. Dick Foth did a phenomenal job, if you were here, talking about um, Abram in the series. And one of the things that um, he talked about was the fact that Lot has been taken captive. And when Lot and Abram separated, remember this? Abram said, Lot, you choose where you want to go. Selfless. He said, you pick the land you want. And Lot did. He chose the best piece of land. But as Dick said, the problem was there were a lot of enemies around. And it ended up not being a great decision. And Sodom was taken over. And so we pick it up this weekend with this guy by the name of King Ketileomer. Everybody say Ketileomer. Okay. Ketileomer. And he has dominated the region for about 12 years. So listen carefully to this because I'm only going to read four verses uh, today. Okay. But he's captured Lot and his family from the city called Sodom where Lot lived. He's taken his family and all of his possessions. Now Lot, if you don't know who Lot is, is Abram's nephew. Abram is not going to let this happen. Abram makes a decision to go to war. He makes a decision that he's going in and he's going to rescue Lot away from this wicked king. And the Bible actually says exactly how many warriors he had. Anybody remember? 318. Now that's specific. And it's not very many. But that's how many he had. And I'm going to read this now in Genesis 14, verse 17. Follow along on the screen or open your Bible and look with me. After Abram returned from his victory, he overcame this king and all of his allies. The king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh. That is the king's valley. Melchizedek. The king of Salem and a priest of God Most High brought Abram some bread and some wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. And this is what he said over Abram. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. This is a wonderful blessing that comes to Abram. I want you to notice, now Abram is hanging out with kings. 
They have taken note of who he is. He is wealthy. He is a reputation. And he's just overtaken a dominating king who has been a ruthless ruler in the land. And he did it when no other king, no other kingdom could do it. So you can imagine the respect that's being offered to him and the blessing that he is to this area in which he lives. So as that is kind of the backdrop, I would like to discuss with you today some of the things that we do, some of the traits that we have in our lives as we face battles, as we face obstacles, as we face some of the challenges that come to us in our lives. How many of you would agree with me that life can be challenging sometimes. It just can. And and we're in a culture and trying to live with faith and trying to live with Jesus first and trying to get the right priorities. If you're not careful, you can just get stressed out just trying. And that's not the plan of God at all. So what I want to do is I want to break it down in the back of your program. You can follow along. Lots of blanks. You like that. And I'll try to I'll try to have you put something in there as we go through, okay? So the first thing I want you to write down is this. How do I respond to the battles in my life? How do I respond when those battles come into my life? We've acknowledged that we all have challenges. Every one of you, if I was to take the time to just go and interview every one of you, Windsor included, I would if I said, "What are you facing right now? What's kind of challenging you?" You would have something It might just be that the laundry needs to be done, or the bills need to be paid, or I don't have enough time for this or that. It might be something simple, or we might hear words like cancer. We might hear challenges in marriage. We might hear challenges with raising a family. On and on it goes. And these are real challenges. So how am I going to face them? I've, I've listed some options for us to consider. And I want you to jot these down. The first option that you have in facing obstacles and challenges in your life is to run away. To just run away. And what happens is, and I've watched this, I've watched when people decide they're going to just take a hike and say, I know there's this problem, I know there's an issue, but I'm out of here. This is why kids, when they can't see through the day at home, pack a little suitcase and tell their mom or dad, I'm going to run away now. How many of you have ever done that? Okay. Wow, quite a few of you. We've got a bunch of rebellion in the house. I, I can never remember packing a bag and running away. You know, and, and a lot of people have that story. I had one of my best friends who wanted to run away to my house, though, and uh, we couldn't let him do that. But sometimes as a kid, you hear these stories and sometimes it's cute, sometimes it's serious. They just can't handle it anymore. They don't want the authority, they don't want the issues, and they think running away is going to make things better. How many of you have learned that if you run away from your problems, they don't go away? So I really want you to think about this. People sometimes who run away wouldn't say that they run away. They would say, no, I don't run away. I really want you to examine your life and ask the hard question. Am I someone who runs away from the challenges in life? This is why teenagers, this is why a lot of kids quit school. They just don't want to face the reality of the stuff that they're facing in school. This is why a lot of marriages end. It's because people just get tired, they get weary, they get burnt out, and they just want to run away. 
They just don't want to face the issue. This is why people quit good jobs. Is because they just don't want the stress and they just say, I'm not doing. It's always easier to just run away from the pressure of the situation than it is to just face it. And that's a huge challenge for us. Number two, another option that you have, and I've seen people do this, is to do nothing. This would be called apathy. Now, Abram, he's the opposite of doing nothing. Abram says, I'm going to go get my nephew out of there and his family and all the possessions back. And he does it. But sometimes in life, we get apathetic. And we don't have a plan. Apathy is kind of a sign of giving in to whatever is taking over. It's just saying, oh, I just can't. I just I just can't deal with it. And so you just stop dealing with it. Now today, um, this whole weekend is just beautiful. I mean, I was supposed to be like, I forget how temperature-wise, but it's just, just been an amazing weekend. And a lot of people are working in their yard. How many of you have worked in your yard? A few? Okay, okay. Now, I, I've learned, because I, I don't like yard work, uh, my wife is sort of the gardener in our home. And uh, I like to grill out in the yard, but I don't like to do the work in the yard. Anybody with me on that? Okay, okay. Praise God. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. But I have, I have learned something. I have learned that if weeds start to grow in certain areas of your yard, you need to kill them. Or they will take over. Why is it, I'm, I'm still mad at Adam and Eve for the sin, because, because it probably used to be that you could just watch the grass grow in your backyard wherever you wanted it, and the weeds wouldn't exist. I don't know why. Grass you have to tenderly care for. Weeds just happen. And, and sometimes, if you're apathetic with your yard, it's going to reveal that you are apathetic. And that you are not getting it done. Anyone have a neighbor like that? Yeah, see, you're all thinking it. You're, right now, you're seeing, you're seeing someone's house in your neighborhood. And you're, you drive by and you're like, they need to do something about that. Apathy. Weeds will grow in your mind. When, when you face struggle, when you face hardship, when, you face, when you're going into battle, you cannot be apathetic. You need to be very alert. The third thing, and this is really a sad one. But I see it in our culture becoming more rampant all the time. And it's bury it through addictive behavior. Bury it through addictive behavior. One of the, one of the big challenges that I see with our culture is it's so easy to abuse um, so many things. Legal drugs can be so abused. And they're so available. And illegal drugs um, People are ruining their lives by becoming addicted. I was thinking about some of this finding ways to cope with stress. Finding ways to, to somehow get through tomorrow, you know, without facing the reality. How many songs are there out there about drinking my sorrows away? Would you say a lot? And they're not all country either. Why? Because that's the tendency. That's the tendency in our lives. We want to numb ourselves so that we don't face 
The battles. Abram lived in reality. You guys, if there's one takeaway that we need to get today, it's that any of these things like running away, burying it, it just makes matters worse. It doesn't get better. And, and some, I know, there's some in, in our auditorium right now that you're struggling with addiction. It's difficult. And you say, well, they're legal pills. I know, and, and they probably have a good use. But it's important for us to pay attention to facing the things that we need to face and not just allowing our bodies to medicate so that we don't feel it. and We don't feel the struggle. And that's not the answer. That's not the answer for anybody. What is the tendency when facing stress and battles in your life? This, is a, this would be a good discussion for you to have with a family or someone close to you, a friend. Say, what is your tendency? What do you typically do? Is it one of these three or is it the last one, which is the one I recommend? And that is face it. Face it. Abram had a plan. He said, all right, how many warriors do we have? We have 318. Let's take them all. <laughs> and let's go. Let's go. Let's go get Lot and his family. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell details about the battle or how he did it. Uh, if he snuck up on him, we know he, there's a few details in Scripture you can read. But he won. He overcame. He faced this reality. This is the right answer of the four. I, I know that there are times, like I have a, I'm the bill payer in our family. Uh, and Bonnie handles the insurance. And that, I feel like that's a good deal because insurance is bad. Um, all that paperwork, right? Um, but sometimes if we get the mail and Bonnie just puts it on my desk at home in my office and then I see it laying there. And how many of you know that like this much of it, if the pile's this big, is junk mail? It's just awful. And, and I've called the numbers and I've said I don't want it, but it still comes. And so that'll sit there and then I won't deal with it. And then I've got a busy week and we've got a lot going on. And then there'll be another pile and then there'll be another pile. And then there'll be four or five days of piles. And then it like, like takes over. And then that's when I shut the door on my office. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's the worst thing you could. Does shutting the door take away the problem? No. But if I go in there and I just pull all that junk mail out and throw it away and get to work and get those bills paid, then I feel so good. It's like energizing to be all done. How many of you love it when you have like a clean closet? It's just the best feeling. And it's so hard to keep it that way because you clean it and you say, I'm going to keep it this way forever. Two weeks later, you're like, where is that? <laughs> it's, it looks just like it did. Stuff grows in the corners of our closets. How many of you have a junk drawer? Okay, the goal for the weekend is to clean out something you've been dreading. Okay, just, just poke somebody right now and give them your opinion on what it should be. Okay, I've got to keep going here. What, what is the second thing that is, you know, we talked about how we face battles, but I want to talk about something really important, and that is, what, what is my response to success? What, how am I going to respond when... When kings come and bless me, and that's what happened to Abram. That's never happened to me, but I feel very blessed. I have a lot of people that I love and love me. I have a great family. Our kids love us. I'm so grateful for the heritage that I, I could go on and on and on. And 
I just want to challenge you to think about, let's say success comes to your life. All of you are successful in certain areas. And, and how have you handled that success? And how will you handle it? Let's look at what Abram, what his heart says about him. Again, I have some options that sometimes I think happen to people. The first one is not good, and it's pride and arrogance. Now, this is tricky because a lot of people who are very successful might end up being prideful and becoming arrogant, but they probably won't know they are. Like, I don't think that's a trait anybody wants. I don't think you're going to wake up, you know, tomorrow and say, oh, I really want to be arrogant. Nobody's going to say that. You don't want that. You don't like to be around people who are arrogant. So here's the question. Do you think you know if you become arrogant? Like, what would be some signs? What would be some clues to yourself that I'm prideful? I'm, I'm getting arrogant. I think one of the signs is just constantly being serving yourself. Constantly looking out for good old number one. And for some reason, you think the road was made for you. You think the, the line at the grocery store was, that was made for you. And suddenly all this stuff that pushes you to the front of every line pushes you to be, you know, have a little edge or a little advantage. Um, that, that can be pride. It can be arrogance. Pride and arrogance are something that no one really wants and people despise, but I'm not sure we know when we have it. I, I started thinking about this a lot. I love the story of a consultant who uh, kind of reviewed this company that was had this downward trend. And he sits down with the president and he says, the problem with your company is ignorance and apathy. And the president said, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> Sometimes that's exactly what happens in our lives when arrogance starts to come into our lives. We just... I've seen success ruin people and they didn't even know that they were being ruined. I've seen great success in other people that created great humility in them and responsibility in the sense of weight in a good way of the responsibility that is upon them because of the blessing of God. Abram knew that he was being blessed by God. Abram knew that he needed to get it right. He needed to honor God. Why do you think when we were looking at him trekking around that he's building altars all the time? He's building altars to say, thank you to God. I remember that your hand is upon me. This isn't my stuff. I'm not good at this. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to trust you, God. It's very important. Another thing that can happen to people, number two there, is that people refuse to give others credit. Do you think Abram could have won that victory without 318 men? I don't. God used those warriors and put them in Abram's life for a reason. And and I just want to tell you something. If you're experiencing any kind of success in any area of your life, you need to think of somebody you can thank for that. Because somebody either influenced you or gave you an opportunity. And it's not just because... And you might be very intelligent, very gifted, no doubt. But pay attention to who you need to give credit to. Praise is one of the things that most people seek after. And it's, it's rarely given. And, and it's been proven time and time again. 
When a kid grows up without any praise, they're, they're left empty and they're going to do crazy stuff just to be noticed. When all we need to do is thank people. Give people credit. Not just to flatter someone. I don't like that. But to really thank them. How long has it been since you just wrote a note to somebody and said, man, there's no reason I'm writing you other than to say thank you for influencing my life. Even if it was 20 years ago, I had the privilege of of going back to some of my roots in a church in Grand Junction and speaking there recently. And and I, I just, I still am so touched by some of the people who came up to me. My fourth grade Sunday school teacher is still a, just a great man of God. And I'll never forget his influence in my life. And to be able to just walk up to different people and say, thank you for how you invested in me. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. Thank you for believing in me when I was a kid. And I think it's so important that we give praise to other people. Listen, you matter to God. Those warriors were numbered 318. I guarantee your success is because of others. The third thing that I see happening with people sometimes when they're successful is they ignore that it's God's blessing. It's, it's kind of like, um, I, I, love, I love the story of the guy who was really in a big hurry and he was right downtown and he had to get in this building and he was running late and he couldn't be late. And so he literally prayed the prayer. He said, God, if you will give me a parking space in front of the building, I will pay my tithe for the rest of my life. I promise I will. It matters that much to me. Just then a car pulls out from right in front of the building. And he puts his head up to God and he says, oh, never mind, I found one. (laughs) Isn't Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how... We plead with God, we pray, we fast, we, we struggle when we're really in a desperate situation. And we're just giving it our all and we're saying, God, if only you'll do this and I'll do this. And then as the years go by and things happen and success comes to you and you're not worried about all that stuff anymore, it's easy to just kind of say, God, you stay over there and I'll stay over here. Abram didn't have that attitude. Abram fought hard to be a part of the kingdom of God. This was the blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And then look at verse 20. And blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. This is the recognition that God is the one who made it possible. Even though he used the labor of 318 warriors... And the brilliance of Abram's plan, it still was God who gets the glory. And that's something that I think all of us can benefit from today as we look at this. I'm not talking about making everything super spiritual. I don't like to do that. You know, I don't, I don't go out and look up at a cloud hoping to see a picture of what God wants me to do today. You know, have you ever met people like that? It's like everything is super spiritual. Everything. No, sometimes you just tie your shoes and there's no big miracle in it. Right? Sometimes you just have to pick what you're going to put on and God doesn't need to lead you and what shirt you're supposed to wear. Um, but I do believe it's important for us to give God credit and give God the glory for the things that happen in our lives. Okay, let me, let me go to number three. Number three is how can we be people of blessing and honor? 
How can we be people of blessing and honor? I, I want to just propose a couple of things, and then we'll wrap this up. I want to just say, the first, the first and biggest thing in your life that can be a blessing to others is just your lifestyle itself. Who you really are at the core. And, and being in the neighborhood, and being fully present, and being a listener, and not being afraid of conversation, engaging in the community, doing the things that you bring to the table, and the gifts that you have, caring and loving to all people. Um, and then I think about our words. Your words impact people. What do I say with intention? What are the words that encourage people? How do I give people strength? How do I give people peace through my words? How can I express kindness? The fruit of the Spirit. All those. All those. So many of those have to do with our words and what we say and what comes out of our mouth. God hears every word that comes out of our mouth. Let's make those words count and be sincere. And then our deeds. You know, they've always said what you say and do is really what your life is about. And I think being intentional about caring for people and blessing others. This king came out to Abram and blessed him with this blessing that was in his mind to bless him with. Who are you blessing? Who are the people in your world right now that you would say, I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to pray blessing into their life. I'm going to believe God. And then the last thing is just time and money. I think you can bless people with time and money. And those are the two telltale things about what your life really is all about is look at your checkbook, look at your calendar. These are a reflection of your priorities and your values. Always. That's always the case. The last thing that's in your notes is this. Let's practice humility when we are winning and discernment when we have opportunity. Or another word I could put there is challenge. Let's practice humility when we're winning and discernment when we have opportunities or we face challenges. I, I think about this in light of kind of the big takeaway for this weekend for me is if I can do that, if, if I can live with humility when I feel like I'm winning, I, I'm always tickled by some of these, these, the way people think. Like, like, like your brain right now, your brain is wired different than mine. Everyone has a different brain. And you have all these little things going on in your brain. Scientists tell us that you literally are processing what I'm saying six to eight times faster than what I'm speaking. You're, you're hearing, and these words are just going in your brain. And you're processing, and then you're, you're making application to things that, that feel like you need, and then you're separating other things out that really don't apply to you. <laughs> right? And, and that's called eating the meat and leaving the bones. But we are all different processors. And some of you have no problem staying humble before God. You just live grateful. You just have that attitude of gratitude people talk about. Others, it's a big deal. And when, when you have a win, you want to breathe it in because it, maybe it hasn't happened that often for you. And that's what happens in our brain. I, I, I love those big games. I'm, I'm not... A, a huge sports fan, but I, I do like football, and sometimes I uh, I get tickled at the interviews after a big game because you can immediately tell if someone is is walking in humility or if someone is living in total arrogance. If they start out by "I'm the best," 
I knew I could do it, and it's all about them. And there's this attitude that kind of comes out, and you just feel it immediately. And even if you love them as an athlete, you kind of go, yuck, I don't want that. Jesus, our greatest example, dies on the cross. We, we shared that, that experience. And then he, he prays to the Father while he's on the cross. Forgive them. They know not what they do. They don't have an understanding of what they're really doing. And I come to you today and I just ask this question. How will you handle your battles? And how will you handle your successes? Because both of those matter in the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we really thank you for Abram. He really, he really went to, to battle to save his nephew. He risked his life and the lives of these 318 warriors. Thank you for them. God, help us to see into the heart of this story and the situation and this blessing that came over Abram. I just want to, with heads bowed in here, I just want to pray... I don't think anyone's going to raise their hand to saying I'm prideful and arrogant, so I'm not going to ask you to. But I think it could be very real for you to have a a moment here to say, where is pride, where is arrogance showing in my life, if anywhere? And what are the tendencies of perhaps the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart right now and saying, you're pretty much about you? And you don't see the needs of others around you near as quickly as the needs that you have. Just let the Spirit work in your heart. I did that this week with God. I just said, God, those places in my life that are arrogant, prideful, show me how that comes out. And He will. The second thing is a sense of wanting to serve. I, I wonder I, I wonder what would what would take place in your mind if if you made a commitment to say, I'm gonna take the next thirty days and I, I'm gonna go from my home and I'm I'm gonna diligently look for places to to serve others, to care for others, to just make a difference. I'm gonna hold the door for other people, I'm gonna I'm just going to live my life out loud for other people. And I'm going to get off of the me track. But really serve, serving others. I think it would be just startling um, to just make that your passion for even one full day. Say, how can I make, how can I serve others and make a difference in other people's lives? Lord, help us to be able to do that. You said there's no greater love than we lay down our lives for a friend and so show us how to live like that show us how to how to become less selfish and be very aware of the needs in others father i just pray for people in the battle how many of you would let me pray over you you say you're i'm in a battle right now and i got to get it right i want to get it right hold up your hand okay lord i just pray for my brothers and sisters we agree together 
that you will absolutely prevail, that we will do what we need to do on the battlefield, but give us faith, give us hope, give us heart, give us passion. Let us fight for the right things with the right intention and motive and give us victory. Father, I pray for victory in these situations for every person that just raised their hand. Cover them. Encourage them. Inspire them forward. Lord, for those experiencing great success, we just offer that to you. If you just feel like you're living blessed right now, would you just say thank you to God? Just tell Him, Lord, thank you for the blessing in my life. Thank you for my health. Thank you for... Just name the things that you feel appreciative of in your life right now. It will bless Him and you as well. Lastly, I just want to... I always like to give an opportunity for people to to come to faith. Um, If you're here and you're separated from God, and and you know that, it's a longing in your heart, it's a separation, you feel that separation, I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment that simply confesses our sin, and we yield, and we come to God, and this is what the Bible teaches us, and it's what we call salvation. If you're here... And you say, I'm separated from God. I know I am. And I'm going to pray this prayer with you. Would you just look up at me or slip a hand up? Say, I want, I want to pray this with you. I'm believing God with you. Okay? Okay? You can put your hand right back down. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Just say this in your heart. Lord, I know I'm separated from you right now. And I need you. And I don't, I don't want this, this feeling any longer in my life. You're calling me to be your son, your daughter, you're calling me to be your child. And you have done everything. You died on the cross for me. And so now I simply say, yes, I will follow you. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Let me start my faith journey right now. Thank you for forgiveness. I accept it and I trust you in the future. In Jesus' name we say these things. Amen. Amen.